cars or credit lines No Rolex watches or diamond rings All I do is play my guitar and sing Adam came a long way
All right, folks. Uh, I've been waiting a long time to talk to our next guest. Uh, he is a guitarist who is originally from Memphis, and uh, I've been following him since his very first release in 1991, the Eric Gales Band. Mr. Eric Gales, welcome to Guitar Radio Show. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, uh, like I said, I've been following you since the very first album. I still have it on cassette. Wow. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, you're 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 uh, you're ferocious, and and one of the things I want to talk about is the new record. Uh, Eric's got a new record out. It's called Good for Something, and uh, right. I've been digesting it for weeks now, and it's nothing short of brilliant. Um, it's by far, I mean, it is your best release to date. I absolutely agree, man. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm fond of all of the. Uh, Product that I put out Raphael is one of those cats who really understands tone. Absolutely. He um, does. And that's why, I, I, I mean, and with this record, with the tunes that you wrote and your playing and his production, it was a perfect, really was a perfect marriage of all this information. You know, it's amazing how it all came together, but that's, that's exactly, that's exactly the, uh, the, the fusion fusing together that I was looking for yeah. and you know it just it just came together man you know it, like I said it's, it, I'm very fond of all of the stuff that I put out but it's something about this project that was like really amazing to me like really you know just how it all unfolded and came together and the highlights and the real treats for me and just you know things that how everything came together was good it was absolutely good mm-hmm. yeah and I think this is probably one of your stro- strongest vocal uh performance too over the years I, I think so as well yeah it's uh you know I don't want to say that I went in another direction but I, I still I stayed true to um, my core and where I'm from but just did it with a modern approach to it and mm-hmm. just was like to, to me a little more diverse than the last record you know yeah you I, absolutely I, absolutely I couldn't agree more yeah for sure I mean it's you and you can tell it to you it's not you know you don't, there's no guessing but at the same time, it's it's fresh. I agree. Yeah. Um, it was recently, I was recently reading an article about you in a magazine, and you you said something that really struck a chord with me. And um, you said that uh, you give me a pig nose amp and a Fender Squire, and I'm going to make some music. Right. I love that. Absolutely. Because I totally Absolutely. agree with that. Absolutely. It could be a pig nose and a serious silver tone. It, it, it really doesn't matter what it is, it's what you can do with it. You know what I mean? That's right. Absolutely. So let's... I mean, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, it is a good um, addition to the recipe to have a good tone. You know, both guitar and amp wise is like, you know, the perfect foundation. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's, it's what you do with what you have. You know, you don't have to have all the extremities of all the different kinds of sound effects and all that uh, multiple different amps or whatever 
Mm-hmm. It's doing it more down. You just go bare bones, take guitar, chord, and amp. You That's know what right. I mean? Just, let's see what you can do with it then. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a stripped down and, and honest. Um, so yeah, let yeah. let's let's talk about your origins, you know. Um, okay. you you were one of these you were a prodigy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's what they call. Yeah, I mean coming out of Memphis and I mean you would even play in the streets, right? Well, yeah, like rarely. Like there was one time in like uh, that was one. That was one time. Like my brother, Eugene, oldest brother, who was one of my hugest mentors. And like he always brought me up with the mentality that uh, that um, you know you don't want to wear yourself down. You know, being seen uh, uh, all the time because when there is like a big occasion in like your home city to do a show, then you know it's not as big of a thing because particular guitarist that you heard you know when you were younger and said that's what I want to do or that's how what I want to pick up the instrument yeah actually it was a, a number of them uh, starting out from you know Albert King to Stevie Ray Vaughan to Robert Trower Frank Marino John Lee Hooker you know West Montgomery there's a bunch of them mm-hmm. that you know was, was like very instrumental and just straight blowing my mind so having having you know the exposure from my brother that was hitting me on all these different people was just magnificent and it just added to the whole core of me coming up and being who I am yeah it's interesting Frank Marino and Robin Trower those are two cats that really don't get enough credit for what they yeah. what they've done hey man they get it for me I'll <laughs> tell you that much they definitely get it for me I remember, I remember seeing Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush on TV from Cal Jam. Wow. It was a trip. I mean, it was, the sound was, there's only three guys up there and it was gigantic. The sound was gigantic. Man, yeah. It came like it done you like it did me. Like my brother played uh, the album with the DLT on the front cover of it. Uh-huh. Uh, one of Robin's, I forget the name of it, but it was turned down low but you can tell that this dude was playing so loud that it was a, you know it was just mind blowing and not only that you know this guy you know yeah he gets the comparison to Hendrix and all of that but mm-hmm. he, was his own, he was his own player and yeah their styles were so much similar yeah, it's it's funny when when you hear the, these guys that are supposedly you know that are you know Hendrix disciples or whatever and they might be but they got their own thing right you know. They do. Robin Trower had this wicked song, this wicked vibe that you know always ranked to me as like number one. 
the most haunting vibrato. Yeah. Yeah, like like BB's vibrato. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, Robin Trower was a blues guitarist. He wasn't so much a rock guitarist. He was a real blues guitarist. He was just turning it up. You know, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. He just amped it up. Just amped it up. Yeah. Um, and then you got you got Frank Marino on the other hand. He was had his you know nuances of Jimi Hendrix and everything, but mm-hmm. he was his own player too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So early on in Memphis, then you're you're out there. You you got out playing pretty much right away, right? Well, not necessarily. Uh, only after you know having going through the battle of the bands with my brothers and uh, you know. Losing one year, coming in third place one year, skipping a year, come back and did it, and we won first place both days, and there was a producer there that said, you know, we're losing job, man, I want to do some work with y'all, you know, regardless. So that led to a production deal, and we wrote our first demo that we never wrote any songs before, and from that first set of four songs, it generated the interest of life. Mm-hmm. 10 or 12 major record labels and Yeah, I mean, I remember the first time I heard you. I actually heard you. The first time I ever heard you was on, um, do you remember the House of Blues radio hour? Yeah. That was the first time I think, I, I think that's the first time I heard you and that's what made me go out and buy the, the first uh, Eric Gales band record or cassette. <laughs> and, uh, and um, I knew just just from that one track that uh, Ackroyd played, I knew that there was something different. There was. Do you remember the song? Oh man, I don't remember the song. I'd have to go back and look at the cassette. Okay. But I knew I knew there was something different. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something there was something else going on there that was you were you you know because you know we already you know by that point. You know, the whole Stevie Ray Vaughan thing and all that stuff. And, you know, all that had happened. And right. you, I thought for sure, I was like, oh, this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to take, he's going to take over. You know? Well, that was, that, was, that was something that was going around quite a while at the time. And it still might be going around. I'm, I, yeah. You know, I, think, I consider that a huge honor. And, and at, also at the same time, I'm just, uh, you know doing everything that, you know, I can as far as for me to, you know, excel more and more and, you know, it's just a blessing to still be here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To be a working musician in this day and age, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, down the road, after, you, I mean, you've got over 15 records out already. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a great body of work. And after all this time, and you, you moved on and you, you hooked up with Mike Varney. And, you know, Mike Varney is one of those guys, he's, I can't even think of how many careers he's helped, you know, know, and he's got such a, you know, the thing about that guy is I think he's got ears of gold. He knows. He can. He he, has a knack of figuring him out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. So what was it like working with him? You know, Mike Varney, man, when we, you know, finally connected and got together, it was, like, really strange because I was going through, like, some, like, 
dark gay at the time, and you know he kind of just you know rolled the dice on you know if, if I invest in this dude, am I going to lose it, or you know is it not going to be worth it, and this and this and that, and he took a chance, and it you know led up to you know he saw me through some ups and downs, and it was you know five or six at the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always have major respect for Mike Bunny. Uh, he was he was there, and you know he did everything he can to. You know he always would say to me, you know I want to be here to help your career excel as much as possible, even if that doesn't involve me being a part of uh, your you know your career anymore. I still want to see you succeed and rise to the top. And that was all his. That was always his outlook. So having said that, it was just uh, amazing to have somebody like that to work with. Yeah. Yeah. That's great to have somebody like that in your corner and somebody who believes in you like that. So let's let's get back into the record because I really I'm I'm really loving the record and um folks it's called it's called Good for Something. You can get it on iTunes, you can get it anywhere, you can download music. Uh if you can, if you can find a place to buy a hard copy, I imagine you can get a hard copy too. Um yeah. Um, so you got to you got to do some pretty cool stuff. Like the title track, I think the title track, in in, in a lot of respects, kind of kind of gets it all what you were going for on the record. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. That was my intention from the whole beginning. That good for something, you know, it states the message, and I think the message is universal. Yeah. The message is definitely universal, and everybody can relate to it. Yeah. So when, when I hear when I hear the soloing on this record, I mean the riffs are just great. I mean, just great grooves. Some of these grooves are like baby making grooves. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Um, but the but the soloing on there is some of the most ferocious stuff I've heard you do in, in a while. And have you changed your approach, or are you? changing the way you what are you doing that's different as far as that's concerned man I just got this this going you know giving it everything I got I mean, I've always had that approach but I got this really like up front and in your face you know what I mean it's just you know mm-hmm. I'm taking no prisoners man I'm just going forward <laughs> so how that comes out down is, is what it is you know and I'm really liking it you know I don't know if there's a particular name or label you can put on to it but I'm really liking it though right and um, tell me about the track tell me about the track Come a Long Way I like that track that's one of my favorite tracks on the record it's it, 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 um, pretty much a song description of what of my life mm-hmm. you know blurred, uh, at one point what some of the things I went through in a whole and where I feel like I'm at, you know, right now and continuing to progress. Yeah. Uh, that's basically what this song is about. And um, uh, what, yeah. when you when you were recording this record, was it a pretty much an easy flow or was it a lot of stop and go thinking about what you were going to do or was it just kind of flowing right out? It was flowing, man. It was flowing. It was flowing. I had to do it in like two two time frames but it was flowing I did the vocals down here back home where I live in Greensville to finish them up in my studio that I worked on down here but it was uh, it was flowing when it did it was flowing 
your songs as a whole coming together, they, they flow pretty well. Yeah. Now, you got Zach Wild on the record, and, and yeah. that track is, you, you, were, you got him to play uh, this heavy groove blues, which is right. usually not his thing. I mean, yeah, when he did the Pride and Glory record, there was some of that in there. But uh, uh-huh. but you were you were you were pulling him back into a world that I think he's I think he's pretty comfortable in. Right. But um, so what was that like? Man, you know, me and Zach had you know connected up, but our first time meeting was through the Hendrix tour. So right. We had an opportunity to you know we connected really really tough, and, and you know I just asked him what he do it, and I know there was a different you know. Uh, but, you know, I like all different kinds of genres and styles of music, so you never know who I might have as a guest here. Right. I thought it was, like, off the beaten path, but it was cool. And I think the type of thing, when he did his thing, he wanted it. Yeah, I saw that uh, Experience Hendrix tour, actually, here, and uh, it was amazing. I mean, you had Mato Nanji on there, too. Right. And that was crazy. I mean, you two together is, is insane. Yeah, Matola is like seriously, like a serious player, like seriously. Yeah. And then, and then you ended up on the record. You got on the record. You got that track um, E two note for note with Eric Johnson, who's a hometown boy here in Austin. Um, that was interesting to me because you were like, all of a sudden, we got to see your fusion side we get to see your jazz side I mean it, it was like wild for me I was like oh my god I can't tell who's who right it was wild it was like really wild to have like a year you know me and my all time one of my all time Sweet guy. Absolutely, just humble dude, just real quiet, you know, and looks pretty damn good for his age, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right? Looks absolutely fantastic for his age. Yeah. So, um, one of the things I always got to talk about because my audience is loves to talk about it, especially when they hear a guitar player that they really love, they want to know they want to know about their gear. So, you're hooked up with a whole bunch of folks. You're you're with you're hanging out with St. Blues and Two Rock and Dunlop and Eminence. So, why don't you run us through your uh, signal chain, starting with your guitar? Well, what I'm what I've gravitated to the most is using this uh, uh, my my Magneto. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that uh, the Sonic uh, Strat like style. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, but I also just acquired some deals with um, like Olympus guitars, uh, uh, also John Page guitars, uh, definitely St. Blues, uh, Exotic. Uh, you know, these are like some way back, and acquired good uh, acquired good relations with them. And when I can, you know, I don't take all of them out at the same time, but when I do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I like you know. To, I like to support them all. Yeah. Yeah. And that being said, I, uh, I, uh, run that through my pedal board, which consists of, uh, whammy pedal, um, 
a wagon pedal, and it goes to the Wawa, Bob Bradshaw Wawa, made by Dunlap, um, into the boot drive, which is made by Exotics, uh, uh, and they made the Eric Gale model. So that's my own signature pedal made by them. Uh, and then that goes into this club, I can call it the Lots of made by Mojo Land. Mm-hmm. And then out of that, I go into uh, the Tech 21 Delay, made by Tech 21. Uh, so that's the delay I use. It's got the tap tempo on it and everything. Then I go into um, uh, EV8 Flanger, made by uh, uh, Dunlop. Then into um, Ringworm, that's made by Dunlop as well. For some just odd times. And then to what I'm using right now is my, uh, the boutique amps in uh, the chain that's called Pure 64. They mm-hmm. sound fantastic. They come with two 12 cabinets and I run, you know, 100 watts. Uh, do that, but they're beautiful. They're great to have in there. Um, the guy is out of New Jersey that makes their uh, life. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name, but Jim Manchin or something like that, but Pure 64, you can look them up online or whatever. And uh, just go into the amps from there. Sometimes I use that. Sometimes I use a uh, clean machine, a few. Sometimes I use my two lock. That's basically what I go back and forth with. So it's pretty straight ahead. Yeah. Keeping it simple. Well, that's good. It makes life easy. I mean, it's interesting, too, because, uh, folks, if you go to uh, ericgalesband.com, you can actually see... Uh, your setup as far as your foot footprint for your stage. Right. That's on there too, which I think that's super cool, especially for the guitar geeks. They love that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. It's right there. Yeah, it's super cool. It's super good. That's great. I, I like that you keep it simple. I'm all about keeping it simple. I like that. Right. So you're, you, with this record now, I mean, and, I, and I'm in total agreement with you. It seems to me that you know, a record like this, you got to get out there and you got to show the world all about this record because, yeah, I mean, great. It's great. We got the internet and we can pump it out that way, especially like through shows like this and in all, all sorts of other ways. But bringing it to the people is really what it's all about. And you are like going crazy for the rest of the year, Torn. Yeah. Dude. So you you are I mean I'm looking at the European dates over on ericgalesband.com you can look at the tour right. dates and starting on in October you're bringing you're bringing your music to India man Yeah I'm excited Have you ever done that before No never been to India This is this is amazing this is I mean you are like do you realize you're an ambassador right yeah, that's what I've, you know, been told. That's what I've been told. I mean, you're... That's crazy. Yeah, that's you're crazy. bringing this music to these people, and, and that's incredible. I mean, folks, starting on the 8th, and I know we've got listeners in India. So, folks, on 10-8, he's going to be in New Delhi, and then after the India India gigs, he's going to be in Switzerland, and Germany, the Netherlands, France, back into Germany, right. Austria... Denmark, Norm. I mean, man, oh man! Right. It's it's wild. Um, you are going to be so busy. Are you going to get um, home? Are you going to get home for Thanksgiving? 
It don't look like it because I got to go out again after that. <laughs> this is the third year. Me and nobody was talking about it. Maybe second year that we ain't been home for Thanksgiving. Wow. So now, do you, do you go with the family? Does everybody go, or 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 is that too much? Uh, well, yeah, with my band, yeah, we consider family. Remember, my wife is always with me. That's great. But, uh, she, you know, she's my manager too, so and she does background vocals. So, well, that's good. You got uh, somebody. You got somebody close watching watching things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you, I'm, I'm blown away by this record and. And you never ever seem to disappoint in regards to playing. This is just a ferocious record, and it's uh, it's got vibe and style. And I hope that you get to work with uh, Raphael again because it's a great combo. Me too, man. It's a great Me combo. Too. I, 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 I love. I love to. I also, I've also talked to. Uh, I do work with. Uh, I play with Lauren Hill as well. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I talked to her about, you know, producing a track or two on this next record, and she said she's absolutely down for it. So, who knows? I got some other. That's amazing. Other branching out, out happening in the, uh, in the sequence, so let's see what happens. That's amazing. That's amazing. One of the great voices of the last 15, 20 years. Yep. For sure. Well, I'll tell you, Eric, um, it, I've been waiting a long time to talk to you. Well, I've, actually, since 1991, but I never thought wow. I'd be—I never thought I'd get the chance. So I'm really happy that we got to talk today. Me too, man. Me too. Um, I wish you all the best with this record, and uh, folks, go to EricGalesBand.com for all the information. There's a lot of information on this on this website. It's great. It's a great site, and get right. the get the new record. It's called Good for Something. And you can get it on Amazon, iTunes, all over the place. It's out there. You just gotta go get it. It's it's good for you, without a doubt. Uh, Eric, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, thank you, man. Yeah, and uh, we will be in touch. Thank you. All right. Good luck. All right. See you.